Hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to catch up with Alice Merton over Zoom video. It is always such a pleasure to see and chat with Alice Merton. We had a chance to hang out with her in San Diego at the Hard Rock Hotel in 2019, like November 2019, when we were doing this pre-pandemic. So the interview was in person. You should definitely go back and check that out because we chat about her entire early, early, early music career. And my older son is there, my wife, and we kind of, it's like a little family affair with with Alice hanging out with us. So we catch up a little bit on uh, what she told us before, with where she was born and raised and got into music and eventually taking part in the songwriting course when she was 17. But then we pick up where we kind of left off on the interview, which is the start of this brand new record, Sides. And from what we heard in the first interview to what we chatted about in this interview, the record went in an entirely different direction. So it's really, really interesting to hear Alice talk about producing this record, being the executive producer of this record, how the whole thing came together and the therapeutic experience she had just letting everything out on this album. A lot of, a lot of things happened that she was going through. She talks about it as well in the interview. And you should do yourself a favor and check out the, the first interview we did with, with Alice in person at the Hard Rock in San Diego. Uh, but you can watch this interview as well on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be rad if you subscribe to the channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you are listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Alice Merton. Hi, Alice. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I don't know if you remember, but I've spoke with you a couple times before uh, in San Diego. <laughs> I'm now in Nashville, but I appreciate you doing this again. Thank you so much. What made the What made you decide to go to Nashville? Um, just my family and I. We wanted to get a change of pace, uh, more, more, more place to like a bigger place to live, essentially. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, we love it here. We love it here. But um, last time we chatted was at the Hard Rock Hotel in San Diego. And you were playing, uh, I think it was Wonderfest or something like that. It was like 2019. Yeah. On, the, on the shore. Yeah, yeah. On the seafront. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, we were hanging out at, um, at the Hard Rock. That was so fun. And my son and my wife were there. We like family interviewed you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I vaguely remember that day. I remember that not many people showed up to our set and I was very sad. <laughs> really? That's oh, man. I'm sorry. But it was a lovely day. It was a lovely day. Otherwise. Yeah. Well, I just watched your performance you did um, at uh, the, the it's like for a music discovery project. It's like you and an orchestra. And uh, was it? It was Frankfurt, in Frankfurt Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. What a beautiful performance. That was so good. Thank you so much. We'll be putting that out um, on as like a, a streamable version of that with orchestra very soon. So really, I found it on YouTube. So yeah, it's on YouTube, but it, okay. yeah, it, it, was, <laughs> it was such a, an amazing thing to be part of. So I had so much. Yeah. Fun. 
It's so good. And I love your new record. It is, uh, I'm just such a big fan of yours. So I'm so very excited to, to catch up with you. Thank you so much. What? I'm blushing. Yeah. Wow. That is, that's no. I, I mean, you always wonder how the next record's going to, if it's going to be cool, if people are going to like it or not. So I genuinely have no idea with this one. I really don't have like a feeling of like, oh, I think it's going to come across really well or not. I just, it's one of those records where I just, I, I like listening to it personally. I think it's a cool one. Um, so no, it's beautiful. It's awesome. And it almost feels like, I know it's probably not intended to be like a concept record, but you can kind of feel like this, you know, sense of how it starts and then till, you know, it, it, how the whole thing ends with the other side. And like, now you're on the other side of this, this thing that had been going on. Uh, and it's just, it's such a cool album. And I'm glad it's a full album because not a lot of people are doing that. And cause sure. you put out vertigo a while ago and then, when Island and Heroes came out, I was like, oh my gosh, like Heroes is like one of my favorite songs. And then the full record comes out and I'm like, just blown away again. A hundred stories. What a beautiful song that is. Thank you so much. I, I love a hundred stories. It's one of my favorites. I think that's my favorite one on the record, to be honest. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, like no, it's a great, it's a great album. So, uh, but again, yeah, thank you for doing this. Uh, but our podcast is about you and your journey in music. I know we've, we've heard your story before. You've told it numerous times i'm sure just due to no roots but um <laughs> i'd love to just like briefly catch on that and then kind of pick up where where 2019 left you and then obviously through through this this release sure cool so actually i never really where were you born because i know you moved like a million times but where were you actually born i was born in frankfurt which made that music discovery project really special because I was coming back to the place where I was born, but I didn't spend much time there. I moved to Connecticut when I was three months old. Okay. So, but you were actually born there. How special. There, Yeah. yeah. So I was born in Frankfurt, um, then moved to Connecticut, then moved to Canada, then from Canada, moved to Munich, then from Munich. So then the story. Yeah. Then it keeps going. But how long were you in, how long were you in Connecticut? Uh, Oh, like a year or two. Okay, so you were moving like very rapidly. Obviously, how many times you you would like you move like fourteen times or something insane like that in like a very short period of time? If you look yeah, at it, yeah, it was it, it was intense. But um, I don't remember much of Connecticut, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. I, no, no reason to, I guess. But um, so then you get to Canada. Well, so you started writing or not writing, but you started playing music at a very very early age, right? You picked up piano young. Yeah. So I started playing the piano when I was five, and then started singing when I was nine. Um, but songwriting came much later. I didn't know I could write songs till I was like 17. Okay. And with piano, is that something like, do you come from a musical household at all? I never asked you that before. My dad plays the piano and is kind of like a hobby music, a hobby songwriter. Actually, he was the one who always wrote songs for like me and my choir. Um, I never dreamed of writing music. I was like, ah, too hard. I don't want like, this is, I can't do this. I don't have the talent for that. Um, but yeah, no, no one else in my family plays music. It's just literally him and everyone else does like a, something smart. <laughs> <laughs> but he wrote for your choir. Yeah, I was in a like my school choir. He he offered I think I think he just kind of missed being a musician. Like he was always a hobby musician. So it was uh -huh. like doing it in his spare time. But his job was something completely different. Um, and so he would always ask my choir leader when I was in, at school and she was, and he'd be like, do you guys need a song? I wrote a song. <laughs> wow. What, what yeah. were the songs about? Do you remember any of them? Oh, it was like a Christmas song or something. I, I remember all the lyrics and the melody. So it's actually, it was pretty good. 
for me to remember all of that. Um, sure. So yeah. Wow. Okay. So you you were in the chorus choir, and then you started writing songs in a songwriting course, correct? Exactly. In the like eleventh, twelfth grade, that's when they offered a course at school um, called songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, sure, I'll sign up for this. This is like the first creative course that they've now offered at this German school I was going to, because everything was always very kind of like, it was very much like a university, but for like a kid. So like, you're always studying, you're always, um, you have to pay attention to every class. Um, like it, it's, it wasn't fun going to school in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they offered this one course that was like, you can be creative and and I loved it. And that's what led me to where I am now. Okay. Were you writing creative writing before that or no? Uh, in Canada, I was. I loved, okay. um, we had creative writing as a subject. In Germany, that didn't exist. Okay. <laughs> so like, how old were you when you moved to Germany? Just to, for timeline wise. Okay. And you lived yeah. in Canada from what what ages or roughly? Two, from one or two to like 13. Oh, okay. So you're there kind of yeah, a big chunk was, of time yeah i was yeah. there for like 12 13 years and okay. moved around once then in canada okay but you're in canada f- until you're about 13 so you were creative writing in canada then yeah so they canada. offered that at school there okay but then as soon as we moved to germany it, it changed it, yeah it was more about like analyzing um poems and writing summaries and writing I only know the German words for it, like Erotterung and Aufsätze um, as like you'd write, I mean, you write essays anyway, but we only like essays. That's still like a personal kind of opinion on something when you're writing an essay about something mm-hmm. that only came much later in Germany. Like they really, they didn't do any. And when I say anything creative, I mean, anything creative, like it just didn't exist. Um, it so was no just, art classes, nothing. It was just all academic. Uh, Sorry, there was art classes once a week. Oh, but it wasn't like something that really- like even then it wasn't like, yeah, like feel free to do whatever. It's like you get a mark for how good this is or how right. bad this is. And it's like compared to what I had in Canada, it was it was nothing. So I was very sad when I moved because I was like suddenly I felt like my creativeness was being put into a like um it was just being capped like it, I, I couldn't be the person I wanted to be mm-hmm. yeah so. I mean I know Canada is awesome when when it comes to supporting their country and their arts I mean you can get grants and like they're very very supportive of it, which is awesome I think the only other country I've heard that does that is New Zealand they're also like very supportive like that and yeah. I'm sure that's yeah. so tough to go from that to now you're not allowed to be creative like you can paint and then that's it or you can do this little bit of art project and that's it yeah but then they yeah. offer songwriting so you take on the songwriting class and do you have to know an instrument or like at that point, like when you go into that, cause you were classically trained right on piano. I was classically trained on the piano and I also was classically trained on like vocals. So I've been taking classical vocal lessons for quite some time, um, which was kind of difficult because I then didn't really know how to sing in like a more singer songwriter poppy way, mm-hmm. um, which came later when I actually got accepted to study songwriting so okay yeah so when you went into this class it was were you i mean tell me just you get this you get in this class they're teaching you how to songwrite and are you you're playing guitar or you're writing on piano i started with guitar i started with guitar even though i had no idea 
how to play guitar, but that was the refreshing part of it. It was like, oh, take an instrument that you haven't classically learned yet. And that has all these rules, do whatever you want with it, write a song. And then that's, that's when I really discovered the love for songwriting. Cause it was just, there's no more rules anymore. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I know you had, you went to school for music, right? You ended up going to college for that. I studied songwriting um, when I, I, I think I was 20 when I got enrolled in the course. Yeah. Okay. And were you living in, in Germany at the time as well? I was, I had, we had just moved to England, um, but I had moved then to study to Germany afterwards. Okay. Did, did you move to Germany, back to Germany to pursue music then? Or was it just, you wanted um, to go to that specific school there? I wanted or? to go to that specific school. And the problem was I didn't have any money to afford like English, English universities. That was the year where they raised the prices still nowhere near as high as American prices, but still high. Okay. And I was like, I don't want to come out of college or university with a bunch of like a huge amount of debt. Sure. Um, so there was this one university that offered a course for free and it was a bachelor's degree. And I was like, okay, if I get in here, it's a sign. I won't mm. apply anywhere else. I'll just apply here. And if they take me great, if they don't, whatever it is, what it is. Yeah. Like back to studying business or whatever. Um, and they took me. And you and, said it was a grueling process to get in, right? Like, the yeah, it's a lot of like, she had to jump through to just even get it in after you get accepted or whatever. Well, they, they, they say they have like a thousand applicants and they take, um, 10 songwriters. Oh my gosh. So I, I felt really like relieved when I got the email being like, Hey, you've made it to the next round. Right. You're, um, what a validating moment. Like, okay, I'm actually, I should be doing this. Like this is yeah. something that other people are kind of co-signing on. That's awesome. I think, exactly. And I think that's what also gave me a little bit of a boost in confidence uh, because I thought to myself, you know what, maybe I'm not as shit as I thought I would be. Um, and maybe there are some people that think my songs are kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it started to, to happen. And I met my band there. I met my manager there. Mm-hmm. Um, we were all just friends in the same semester. And you and, guys have stayed that way, at least up until 2019 since, yeah. right? I mean, just- I mean, my, unfortunately, so, I mean, not unfortunately, my guitar player then kind of left us and said he wasn't really feeling like the tour I don't think he was, he wanted to be a touring musician uh-huh. uh, because we then started Understandable. touring a lot. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so then we got Reggie on board who I also met at university, um, but he was from America. So he lives in Seattle. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And he's the one that I think has been playing with you for a while. Reggie. Exactly. So yeah. So I met him like in 2018. The first time I met you, yeah. I was working at a radio station and we interviewed, I interviewed you there and you did like a little three song acoustic set in this little studio thing. And he, he played guitar then. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's him. Okay. So he joined it's, a little bit later. He joined gotcha. like 2017, 18. Um, but still we've been together ever since. And, and I love, like, I really feel with my band, it's not me and a band. It's like my band. And they were just too lazy to figure out what we'd call ourselves. So instead we just call <laughs> it Alice Merton. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I love them and I and I I don't want to ever replace them. I love playing with them. Um my bass player kind of also is still on on the fence of like do I want to be a touring musician, especially now since COVID, like a lot of them uh unfortunately had to get like full-time jobs. Um and Right. I mean uh, 
What a devastating for, I mean, the music industry took such a hard, I mean, not that everyone else didn't, but like, if that's your livelihood is just touring and, and doing that, like, yeah, it's all it taken was out. Awful. And I'm so lucky. Like we, we said to the guys, we will pay for the concerts we would have had, which was a few, but not that many in that in 2009, uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but still like we were, I was lucky that I kind of owned my, my own rights. So I could yeah. kind of off of that for a little bit. Um, but yeah, like if you're either working on crew or, or you're a touring musician or building stages, I mean, it was an awful time for so many people. Um, and, and I think that kind of has really shaped everyone's perspective now as well, because everyone's a little bit nervous. Like, what about if it comes back to that? You know, like, mm-hmm. what about if we're going to go back into lockdown, the numbers are going up again, they're saying the variants are actually just as bad as the first variants. And then, it's it's getting into it like i don't know how it is in america right now but it's in a we're in a really weird state at the moment in in europe i find like no obviously no one's wearing masks or not many people are wearing masks anymore Mm -hmm. um yeah no one i mean at least i'm in tennessee and no one i think people just gave that up a while ago unfortunately the numbers are rising here so rapidly and i'm i'm hearing more and more people actually getting quite sick. And when I had COVID in February, I was out for five, um, five weeks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You had bad. Yeah. And I, and I, and I had the jab, I had, uh, the vaccine. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My son, my son that you met, my older son, he got it. But his was really bizarre because it like, he didn't feel bad, but he just didn't, he couldn't taste anything for like a month. Mm, Okay. Like he was really sick for about 48 hours and then yeah. it kind of came through our house but you know yeah. my wife and i have got the vaccine so it was like it didn't really hit us that bad yeah. but even for him but uh like i said he didn't he lost his taste and nobody else did in my house so that yeah. was really bizarre i had this weird thing with my taste where i didn't lose it i gained this awful taste in my mouth for like weeks where everything tasted like metal oh it maybe that's what up. he had he had like a he can't even eat like certain things that he used to love anymore just because it reminds him of that taste it reminds you of that taste like it what like a lot of people like oh i can't taste anything i would have rather not tasted anything than having everything that or certain things taste like metal that's what it was that's exactly how he had it it was things tasted terrible one of the things that were oreos i remember he's like these are gross and i'm like oh man that's a bummer and I, and I remember being so confused in the beginning because I was like, this, this isn't one of the symptoms they're talking about. They're saying you lose your taste. And so I was like, are these now new things that I'm smelling that are actually in there the whole time? But we as humans can't smell. And they're actually like all these toxins in these things. And it's horrible. Like I was so confused with me. It was like pickles, ketchup, um, fries. Oh. Like it was so weird. All these things that I love, chips. I couldn't. I kept smelling chips and be like, "Oh, this is gross." Oh, oh um, man, it's so confusing. I was so confused, man. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better because that sounds awful. That sounds. Was, awful. I think yeah. the worst part was realizing that um, that I was really deb- like I couldn't sing for five weeks because I was just out of breath all the time. I I completely forgot that it's not just the voice that could be affected, but the lungs. If my lungs don't work, I can't perform. Mm-hmm. So that was terrifying. Yeah, I bet you're. Yeah, because if if that doesn't work, then yeah, 
It's so, I mean, what do you do at that point? You just, I to, sat on the couch yeah. for weeks and oh my in my bed and would go walking once a day and then feel exhausted afterwards and have to lie down. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad again, I'm glad that you're feeling better. That sounds terrible. Um, with, with like, okay. So we met last time in, no, in November, 2019. And then a few months later, obviously COVID hits and, when do you start writing this record? And actually my first question on the record is, I don't know if you've answered this or a million people have asked, is sides an acronym for something? Or you just it put periods? It, it is, is. An acronym, um, but it's an acronym that I wasn't, that I, that I decided not to tell anyone. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's kind of like, so with Mint, I realized I was having a lot of panic attacks because I felt like I was giving something so private to the world and sharing every detail of it. And I kind of thought I had this idea, like, what about for this album, if I avoid that, like to avoid that, I would keep one thing private that only I know that is so personal. And there's there's another reason, like I didn't call it sides because of the acronym. I call it sides because it was a word that kept coming in every song. We're not two sides of the same team. Oh, sure. Uh, Blind side the other side. It wasn't like I pick, it just kept happening. And I realized kind of that this album felt like a journey on a Rubik's cube for me where the Rubik's cube keeps turning, but I keep like trying to find a different side and keep trying to find a way out of the situation and going from one kind of phase to the next. Like that's what this album is. It's like this roller coaster of emotions um, and events that happened in my life. Uh, and, and then when I, decided to call it sides. I was like, you know what? I want to make it an acronym um, and keep that one thing for me so that it never feels like I lose the control over it. If that kind of makes sense. It's, it's no, it still, does, but it's like, it's this one thing that I get to keep to myself that I know is there. Um, but I'm not that I won't share with anyone at the moment because uh, I can hold on to that. And I didn't feel like I had that with Mint. Like I was very open with all the emotions and the panic attacks and the fear and men, my childhood. And, and I, it freaked me out and it caused me to have a lot of um, anxiety. And so I thought to myself, it would be kind of nice with sides to kind of just have one thing that means something to me. I love that. Cause I, I was trying to figure it out. I'm like, how come no one's like, I don't see the answer to this. Like, I'm like, I don't want to come off like an idiot. You're like, yeah, it's blah, 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 blah. blah. I'm like, Oh, but yeah. now it makes me feel better that <laughs> you haven't told. like, there, it's, but it's, it's, I don't think anyone would come up with it because it's a very personal kind of message in that, in those letters. Sure. Uh, well, I think that's cool that you have that and you, you do keep control of that because, but I think not saying that you shouldn't do that, but the, the, your records resonate with people too, because you're so vulnerable. Do you feel like that? Like, you know, with the, the EP and then mint the, the, the way you talk or the, the, your lyrics and the, the way you present yourself is very vulnerable. And you even do that in the new album, aside from the acronym. Yeah. <laughs> aside from, the, from that one, from that one. No, word. but I mean, yeah, just from that one thing, I'm not saying that like, <laughs> Oh, like I can't believe you're not. It, it's just, you I could have, like when I told my dad that my dad just shook his head and he's like, he's like, you don't, you don't make sense to me. <laughs> and I was like, dad, I, I really feel like I want to do this. And the thing is, the great thing about this whole thing is that no one can say no, because I'm like, 
I'm not in, there's not like 10 people in the decision-making of my albums. It's like, right. oh, I can call it whatever I want. Like I could call it dog poo and no one would complain. Well, that's the greatest thing about you, your career that you've built for yourself. Right. I mean, nobody can tell you what I just, I mean, I hope it's sustainable. I really hope that people will still be interested in the music. You know, I hope I don't go too off the grid where I just start writing things that no one can relate to. I don't um, think that will happen. I, I mean, you're, you're, two full albums and an EP in and, and, and I don't think that, that we'll you have see. to worry about that. We'll but, uh, yeah, we'll see. No, I, I enjoyed making this album. It really helped me out of a, an awful time in my life. And it really, I really feel like this album saved me in a lot of ways um, without sounding too dramatic. No, but um, yeah. With, well, when I talked to you last, you said you were working on an album. Um, you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to record some of it in Berlin and then maybe Toronto and L.A. And like and you were you were. But you also made a point to say that because Nico's the person you work with. Correct. On all your stuff. I worked no? with him on my first album. Oh, OK. I worked with him on this album. He. Uh, yeah, that's kind of. Oh, I'm sorry. There's a, there's a lot of him in this album as well. Okay. Well, I, that was a thing that you were kind of discussing with me was just like, so that sounds like this record was done com completely different then. So you were, had a, had a <laughs> bless <Sorry>. you. <laughs> no. uh, so you, yeah, it's not, so what the point of where you were, when I spoke to you to where the record ended up, it sounds like it went into to a totally different course. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, okay. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you feel thought... comfortable talking about anything about that. I mean, no, I don't no, wanna... no, no. Um, a hundred percent. Like I, when I, when we had our conversation and I'm remembering more and more of this place now that where we had the conversation and your family meeting them as well. And I think I was sat in like the middle of you guys. And then. Yeah. You guys, and you're like, I feel like I'm at tea with, with your family. And then we yeah. invited you to dinner and you said you would come. So we're, we're still holding you to that. I don't know if you know that my I, I wife's mean, like, you better remind her. I'll let you know. We, you're um, coming over and you're like, what are you going to cook us? And, and I'm like, way to put me on the spot. And we didn't have an answer for you. Um, but we've, what we've, we've discussed it. We're going to, my wife's half Filipino. So we're going to make you some Filipino food. That would be amazing. I'd love okay. to try some, some Filipino food, especially if it's like authentic, you know, because oh, you know, it is. I would be really good at making that. Yeah. So you're definitely invited over and I heard you bake and my wife bakes too. So. Perfect. Perfect combination. Yeah, exactly. So sorry, yeah. back to your, <laughs> it basically turned out everything other than how I expected it would turn out. Like okay. I thought I was making it with the same person I kind of made the first album with. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought I was also going to be working with people in the U S and uh, an amazing producer cause who I also met um, in Toronto. Uh, and then the pandemic came and I, and I don't do like, I don't really do zoom conference or zoom sessions. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was like, you know what, I'm just going to create this album in Berlin. This is going to be a Berlin album. And, um, and I, I was able to work with, um, with two producers in London, which was great. Cause I was kind of, when things opened up a bit more, I was going home to visit my parents and then, wanted to work in London, um, a little bit. So yeah, it was, um, the process of it was very different, um, than how, than when in 2019, when, when you and I kind of talked about it. Um, and that's okay because I really feel like it helped me open my eyes to a lot of things that I knew weren't good. Like they weren't, um, healthy in a lot of ways. Like, um, the producer that we were talking about before who did the first album kind of um, 
didn't feel comfortable with me working with other producers, which is something that I've always been doing. Like I even did it for the first album, um, but kind of said to me like, Hey, I'm either doing all of your album or none of it. And I was like, and that's really where kind of the idea of blindside, I think originated of someone holding a gun to your head being like, you do this or there will be consequences. Um, And I, I don't like it when someone puts ultimatums on someone else um, and makes them feel trapped. And so I think that kind of um, made us go into kind of two different directions when it came to music. I don't think we were inspired by the same things anymore. Um, And then I went through a very traumatic breakup, which for me was um, awful. I, I felt awful for a very long time. Um, my grandmother passed a few months later. Oh my um, gosh. I wasn't able to say goodbye because she was in Ireland and couldn't go to the funeral. And I felt horrible. Uh, and it just, I really felt like it just kept spiraling downhill. Um, reading the news every day. Like I, I'm lucky that everyone in my family is healthy, knock on wood. And during that time was healthy and we all kind of came out of that. Um, but just, yeah, I, I feel like that was just such a roller coaster ride for so many of us these past two years. And I'm kind of happy I can kind of close this album and be like, okay, I'm ready for whatever else is going to happen. Like, let's open this next chapter because I am ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and that's what I feel like when I listen to the record. I mean, the last song, the other side, I mean, you and th- then it's okay. We hopefully are past this and we are, you know, now looking towards the, the future uh, with with this album, when you got it out or when, when it was finished, was it like a, a therapeutic moment? Like, ah, oh, you know, here it's done. Yeah. The moment I handed in all the masters, which was quite a few months ago, I was so like, I really pushed myself to get to, to finish everything because I was I was the executive producer on this album. There was no one overseeing the whole project. It was literally me. Wow. Every production with every single producer I worked with. Um, and that was a lot of work. And I really feel like my ears at some point were just like, they felt like they were bleeding because I was just so focused on certain details in the productions and the mixes and, and figuring out like what the right snare was and the certain tempos and like cutting out low ends and figuring out like, it was a lot to kind of um, balance off 15 songs as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I was very overwhelmed, but just very thankful that, it was over and that um, and that I could kind of close that chapter and be like, okay, I'm ready for the next project. <laughs> yeah. And uh, was it, diff- I mean, having time, right. It was probably unlimited time to, to put the album out just in the sense that, well, you don't have a, a label to really answer to, which is awesome. Not somebody going, you need two weeks and then we have to see a new record from you, but yeah, having I mean, more time exactly. to s- sit with these songs. Like, did, do you feel like you ran into a spiral of, listening to something like blindside you're listening to the song you're like oh i don't really love this one little snare hit i'm gonna have to go were you going back and forth and back and forth absolutely i was letting my my this is basically how it happened i would write the song we'd work on the production i'd let it sit for a month we'd go back to it whoever i did it with work on it change certain things i was changing things until the day blindside was released. That was the hardest production for me to do because I kept hearing different things. I kept thinking, Oh, I have to take this out. I have to put this in. Um, So that mix had been changed literally three days before I put it out. Um, I was 
Well, yeah, like the 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 version on the record is actually on the vinyl because I had to hand in hand that in earlier is different from the version you'll hear on like streaming. Platforms. Really? I'm glad yeah. I bought the vinyl. I bought the peach one. You bought the very nice. Yeah. Oh, That's so sweet. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, I will say I when I ordered it, I had the website that's producing your or distributing your vinyl is in German and you have to like hit the thing to make the switch. But when I get the email confirmation, it was in German and, but I, it worked out, but I have it. No, but Google is smart enough to be like, Oh, wait, would you like to choose the English? Would you like to translate <laughs> <it>? <laughs> yeah. Please. But yeah, oh, that's funny. Yeah. We were going to use the teal of the, the peach. We went with the peach, but now I kind of want to go back and just buy the teal to have it. So I'm, we might have to do that, but, um, I love it. I lo- and that's cool. I can't wait to hear the, you know, the different version. You'll hear, yeah, on. you'll hear some of the songs have us like, I don't know if you'll notice it with Blindside. There's one very like obvious one in the very beginning of the song, but I'm not going to say what it is. You can okay. that'll be something for you to. to I'll see out. if I, if I can hear it and then I'll, well, I'll bring it up when we have yeah. dinner at my house. All right. Sounds like <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm going to, I'll let you go here in a second. Cause I know you, you're, you're busy. Yeah, I think, I have, I, think I have the next interview at exactly right now. Uh, right. I think it's at half past. It's a very oh. strict. Um, yeah. Sorry about this. I'm oh, please do not be sorry. This is amazing. Yeah. I've got, I've got one more uh, podcast as a, oh. uh, so, but this has been really lovely as well. Yeah. I have one more quick question before you, then, before I let you go. Any, do you have any advice for aspiring artists? Um, okay. I don't know if it's good advice. So I'm just going to put that out there that it's advice, but it's, I don't know if it's good. Um, my advice would really be follow your gut when it comes to music and not what everyone else is doing or what the industry is saying you should do. Uh, the people that have always inspired me have been the people that kind of had, had the risks in their career of being like, you know what? companies labels have been telling them this song is too long or this song is not good enough or it's not gonna make or break you um and then them doing it anyway and uh and somehow making it work and um that would be my piece of advice to kind of just go forward with what you think sounds good to you um and also figure out if you're gonna love a song years later after writing it, like maybe so I think it's sometimes nice to sit on a song for a few months. If you have that opportunity and see, like, do you still love it in six months time? Cause if you do, the chances are that you'll love it in five years time is pretty big. If you still love it in six months time. 